Hello, everybody. I'm Sam with Toyer Strategic Advisors. I hope everyone's having a great day. And thanks for tuning in to our new podcast on Permitted with Conditions. Today, we're going to be starting a series on the Growth Management Act, where we're going to explain what the GMA is all about. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe on Substack and maybe throw us a follow on social media if you're not already. If you have any questions or you want to get in contact with us, check us out at toyerstrategic.com contact. For now, though, let's dive into part one of the GMA series. So you all know that today we're going to be talking about the Growth Management Act. And you might be wondering, what does the Growth Management Act do? Well, in simple terms, it manages growth in Washington state. This is a really important topic for Washingtonians, because as I'm sure you've noticed, Washington has been steadily growing in a variety of ways, not limited just by population. To address this growth, the Washington state legislature introduced the GMA in 1990. Their reasoning for this was because they believed that uncoordinated and unplanned growth was a threat to the quality of life, health, and safety of Washingtonians, as well as the state's economic and environmental landscape. So to avoid unplanned growth, you have to plan growth. At its core, the GMA introduces 13 planning goals. The first goal is about urban growth. This goal emphasizes that growth and development should occur in urban areas where adequate public services and facilities exist. The second goal is to reduce sprawl. The GMA highly discourages converting undeveloped land into low-density, sprawling neighborhoods. The third goal is about transportation. Washington should have efficient and multimodal transportation methods depending on regional priorities. This means that city and county planners need to consider buses, trains, cars, and more. The fourth goal is about housing. We need to plan for and encourage housing types of all kinds for all economic segments as well as preserve our existing housing stock. This means that we need to promote the development of low-income housing, high-income housing, median-income housing, and more. The fifth goal is about economic development. We need to plan for and encourage business development for all people, as well as recruit new businesses to our state. The only caveat here is that all new business activity must cooperate with comprehensive plans. So we're five goals in. Are you getting tired yet? Just to reiterate, we've talked about urban development, sprawl, housing, transportation, and economic development. These five goals seem like they capture most of what the average person thinks about when talking about growth. However, as you can tell, there's still a fair bit more that we have to get into. The sixth goal is about property rights. 
It's basically reiterating that private property should not be seized without just compensation. The seventh goal is about permits. We should process both state and local permits timely and fairly. These permits allow businesses and developers to make stuff happen in our communities. The eighth goal is about natural resource industries. Think timber, fishing, and agriculture. The planning goal encourages conservation and appropriate uses of these natural resource industries. The ninth and tenth goals are fairly similar, so I'll lump them together. They are open space and recreation and the environment. Basically, they encourage protecting open space, protecting the environment, and encourage the development of parks and recreation centers. The eleventh goal is about citizen cooperation and coordination. Basically, this goal encourages that citizens participate in the planning process and that communities coordinate with each other to make sure that everyone's on the same page. The twelfth goal is about public services and facilities. This goal stresses the importance of public services and facilities to be available for new development to occur. We've finally reached the final goal of the GMA. The thirteenth goal is about historic preservation. In essence, we should be preserving historic lands, sites, and structures to protect the history of our state. We finally got through all 13 goals of the GMA. So now what do we do? Basically, counties and cities have to create comprehensive plans that will plan for growth over the next 20 years. These comprehensive plans must be based on population and employment target allocations that are decided on by the relevant counties. Each comprehensive plan must address certain elements that relate to the 13 goals, and they must describe how these elements relate to achieving their target population and employment allocations that we talked about earlier. Do you remember that goal about coordination from earlier? Well, here's where it's really important. The GMA mandates that cities within counties must coordinate both with each other and the overall county to create county-wide planning policies. And further, in the case of King, Pierce, Kitsap, and Snohomish counties, all four of these counties must coordinate their comprehensive plans as well, creating multi-county planning policies, better known as MPPs. So we've done it. All of this was outlined in 1990. We've gotten through it. It's the end of the road, right? Well, not necessarily. In 2023, there were some amendments made to the GMA. Most importantly, these changes introduced two new goals. So now we have 15. First, they added climate change and resiliency, a topic that wasn't so well known back in the 90s. The second goal they added was about shorelines of the state. But we'll get into this topic a little bit further in another episode. Now we're done for real on planning goals, I promise.
And you might be wondering, why the heck are these guys even bothering to make content about this topic? Well, let me introduce David Toyer, the president of Toyer Strategic Advisors, here to talk a little bit more about his experience with the GMA. Here comes the boss. Thanks, Sam. Well, I'm David Toyer. I'm president of Toyer Strategic Advisors. I founded this company a few years back. I've been in the big leagues of the Growth Management Act for about 20 years now, focusing on land use and economic development consulting and helping companies and communities grow. Glad to have you with us today, David. So, to jump right into a few questions. In this episode, we talked primarily about the 15 planning goals outlined in the GMA. How do these goals affect what you do? That's a great question, Sam. The goals really factor into our work because they're one of the decision criteria that's reviewed when making land use decisions. For example, things like conditional use permits, special use permits, rezones, comprehensive plan amendments, all of those things usually have a decision criterion that requires we demonstrate compliance with the community's comprehensive plan, with countywide planning policies, and with the Growth Management Act. And so in that process, we often have to show where the project complies with the goals. And then, as you know, some of these goals, they kind of conflict with each other. And so we spend a bit of time when we're doing that analysis, sorting out you know, how these things conflict or overlap and what that means relative to whether or not the project can satisfy the criteria. It makes sense that these goals play a fairly big role in the work that you do. Where in your process would you say that these goals come into the most effect? Well, Sam, as I mentioned before, they're typically a factor in the decision criteria for most land use decisions especially the really big ones, like special use permits or conditional use permits, rezones, comprehensive plan amendments, that sort of thing. So let's just take a rezone, for example, where you've got, let's say, a low-density residential zone that exists today, and you have the ability to apply for a medium-density residential zone. So maybe you're going to go from a base density of four dwelling units to the acre to six dwelling units to the acre. One of the decision criteria that's going to be in the land use application is to demonstrate that your proposal is consistent with and furthers the comprehensive plan, the countywide planning policies, and the Growth Management Act. And so when we're doing those applications, we're spending quite a bit of time doing what we call a consistency analysis. So how is this consistent with and furthers goals, policies, and objectives in all of those planning documents? And trying to reconcile that amongst them all. Because as I said before, some of these goals and policies and objectives that end up in the comprehensive plan or in GMA, they overlap a little bit. They may conflict a little bit. And somewhere in there, you have to have a good sense of the balance that's necessary in order to be able to reach decisions and communities are able to grow over time. Wow, that's fascinating. So you sort of act like a liaison in between the communities and the clients that you're helping. Speaking of communities, how are communities, and just people in general, impacted by these goals in the GMA? Pretty much, why should anyone even care about them? The goals of the Growth Management Act are relevant to communities because they're used to develop local community comprehensive plans. 
And so when a community sits down to create their own kind of goals, objectives, and policies about how they're going to manage growth at the local level, they have to rely on and be consistent with those goals that are in the Growth Management Act. And so that becomes pretty important because as a jurisdiction, as a city or a county will develop their comprehensive plan, they're going to follow those goals in the Growth Management Act and they're going to follow some other requirements in the Growth Management Act to really spend time in certain elements, which an average reader would call a chapter, but they would spend time in, in various elements or chapters of the comprehensive plan going over those different goals and relating that to what they're going to do in their community over time. How will their community grow? How will the community you know, protect open spaces? And how will the community provide for parks? So it's really a translation between the Growth Management Act and then what happens on the ground in communities. As far as the relevancy to people, you know, the Growth Management Act goals, you're not going to see them show up necessarily in your everyday life. People aren't going to talk around the water cooler or anything like that. But really, when you consider, you know, what route you may take to work from home when you drive and investments that are made in that infrastructure, that stems from decisions that are made as a part of a local community's comprehensive plan. And that comprehensive plan ultimately stems from the Growth Management Act. And so those goals trickle down and they're really, you know, at a broad level have an impact on your daily life, but they're not necessarily relevant where you can say, hey, you're violating goal, goal number four, or hey, you need to get in compliance with goal number three. In general, communities might have to demonstrate compliance with those goals relative to their overall comprehensive plan, but it's not like a individual direct impact, um, but there's definitely an impact in how those goals show up and what you see around you. What's the environment that you live in? You know, how is the infrastructure built? What kinds of densities are located around you? And what kind of capital facilities are available, whether it's parks or schools? All of those things that you see in your community around you really all relate back to goals in the Growth Management Act. So there really is more to our communities than what meets the eye. Well, that's all the time we have today for the interview. Thanks, David. I appreciate your time today. Well, that's it for part one. Stay tuned for part two of the GMA series to learn a little bit more about comprehensive plans and how they're changed. I wish you all a great rest of your day, and if you enjoyed the content, consider joining our paid subscriber list or follow us on social media to see more updates about content like this. If you're new here, check out the rest of the articles on Substack, where President Toyer dives into his 20-plus years of experience. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Permitted with Conditions. <laughs>